0: The Swedish are coming! The Swedish are coming!
1: This is Tall Can Audio. Episode 1200. Damn! Of the Tall Can Audio podcast. Matt Robinson, Rob Christie with you to start off another week of TCA. What's happening, man? That's you.
0: 1,200, man. That's a lot. For the
1: 1,200 time, we're here to drink beer and talk. Yammering and shit. Somewhat intelligently.
0: I am um, cooler than a cucumber in a bowl of hot sauce.
1: Mm, Wow. The other side of the pillow.
0: Sweeter than a bowl of ready-whipped top. Okay. I'm the illest motherfucker from here to Gardena.
1: (laughs) He's not, though. (laughs) Not even a little ill. Illest,
0: maybe, perhaps, <laughs> exactly ill. Yes, I'm good, Matt. I'm excellent.
1: Yeah. How about you? You know what, Matt? Things are good over here on this side of the table. You're looking good. Uh, phew, yeah, goes without saying. Check it out. <laughs> yep, I know. On social media at Talkian Audio, give us a follow there. Make sure you're subscribed to the pod wherever you're hearing us right now. As uh, as yeah, we do this for the twelve hundred, th- tw- th- 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 the the twelve hundredth time. Yep. Sounds just as good now as we did for episode one. <laughs>
0: Silky smooth, yeah. fat tongued as ever.
1: Uh, we are uh, at this point. We're pumping these out at a record pace, and uh, at as, a medium pace, as Adam Sandler would <laughs> would have us remember. Um, I don't know, man. I, this is one of those ones where I, once you hit a thousand, yeah, forgettable. Lol. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> you gonna mark eleven hundred? You are gonna mark twelve fifty? Gonna yeah. you know where do you draw the lines? But it's notable. We've arrived at another landmark. Uh, appreciate all of you who've who've been here since episode one, uh, who've been here. Or, give, or... give us a shout if mm-hmm. you've been here since episode one. It's just me and you, Matt.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, hey,
1: Matt, it's me. <laughs> yeah. It's Rob. I'm the problem. It's Rob. <laughs> yeah, it's true, man, <laughs> for sure. Uh, all the way along the way, it's been about the pints, or at least partially about the pints. What do you got over there today?
0: I have, I'm very much anticipating what I have here today. Ooh. Yeah. This is a ESB, which has probably moved its way, muscled its way to the top of my, yeah. of my faves. It's from Midtown Brewing out of uh, Prince Edward County. Oh, okay. Comes in at F- Wellington, it says, and I'm like, where the hell is Wellington? Strikes me as Southern Ontario. You're like
1: West of downtown?
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> so what I've taken to doing is asking the assistant, how far from blank to blank and then narrowing it down in the province.
1: From here to Wellington, New Zealand is-
0: Yeah, uh, honestly, this is exactly right, right? And so that I'm like, uh, right. it's, it doesn't sound right. Anyways, Prince Edward County. So ESB, to me, the the most balanced, a little bit of everything. That's to me, it's- That's
1: it's the go-to style now for you? It,
0: for, it, for sure it is. Now, I, I had a Guinness the other night and it, honestly, it's like angels singing on your tongue. It's, it's the best. <laughs> okay. But- the well balanced, the the the, the betterness comes in at five point four. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for, yeah, the balance is the key, right? Not too not too malty, not too hoppy. Little mm-hmm. little hint of toffee, I think, is probably what you're looking for. Little extra special,
1: five point four.
0: I'm going to have a pull on this. But what do you have over there?
1: Uh, I have come back around to uh, to an order I made back in September from the uh, Shiloh Brewing Company here, right here in Ottawa, and um, this time we are going with. Their dry hopped blonde ale, intrigued mm. to check that out, right? There's, there's a few different uh, things happening there, sure a there bit of a crossover kind of thing happening. So, um, you had brought before I placed that order, maybe, maybe two different times you had brought in, yep. uh, the shillow stuff. Maybe it had been part of your monthly deliveries yep, or, or whatever. So, uh, that's the only place i had ever tried it before until, uh, uh had their oatmeal stout, uh, maybe a month or so ago. And, uh, I think think their Northeast IPA was the other one that I had tried out of my order from there. So circling back to that and, uh, this one, like I said, the, uh, no title, just dry hop blonde. And so we'll see what that's all about.
0: And the, that's the beauty of, of their labeling is it says Shillow mm-hmm. and then it's whatever color the can is. And yep. at the bottom it says yeah, dry hop blonde ale.
1: And they were super cool to deal with. I had, uh. I'd ask them a couple questions before I placed my order, just trading messages with them on, um, on Instagram through their direct messaging. Somebody got back to me right away. Uh, you know, just what do you think of this or how do you make this or, you know, just different questions about yeah. the brewery and, and they answered right away. And then had, um, this turned out to be, it's it's not a rip on the brewery at all. This turned out to be a, an issue, a one-time issue with the company that they trust to do their deliveries for them had missed me. And so then they, you know, with the beard has to be a signature I don't know if they didn't have the phone number or just a lazy driver or what was going on no there. No way, man. So I messaged them and they said, we'll check into it for you. And they got back to me within an hour and said, you know, it'll be here at this time if you can. So shout out to them. Good customer service. Good beer here on the first poll. This okay. this I'm enjoying. Um, you know, a, a blonde ale is typically fairly run of the mill, fairly plain. But the dry hopped here thing yeah. is coming through a little bit. I, I'm enjoying that. So. Uh, we like that right off the hop.
0: Well, and I am so to me this is this is true to form, right? For an ESB, it's got a little bit. I'm getting a little bit of, a little bit of orange maybe in the hmm. back. Right? It's just just a, just a pinch, but it has that nice sort of, yeah, toffee is where I would go with with a okay. little, with a little orange back. It's I like that. but it's smooth, right? And that's the beauty. It's not overly carbonated. Yeah, smooth drinking. Smooth drinking. Yeah, listen. I took in a bit of uh, I caught a bit of you and Lee on uh Thursday morning. Yeah. You guys are You guys are you're starting to find your groove, eh? Am I right with that? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I think you and Lee it's like that new relationship. Pretty soon you'll be eating fucking kale chips and pizza. Well, early
1: cheese. on we were suggesting that maybe we should just throw a couple straws in the one beer and share it Awesome. And- <laughs> He thought maybe just one straw would be enough. We could, yeah. do yeah.
0: Anyways, the two of you, you, you sort of, you're, you're, you're working it out. Yeah, you're working, We're it working out. through it. And it's, it's, it's nice. He's
1: used to being first mic. I'm used to being the first mic. He's, yeah, he's, he can see him twitching over there. So he, he's waiting for me to get to him. As, as I'm sure you can relate to, right? Like, throw well, it to me. I got things to say. I just talk, <laughs> right? I don't wait. Sometimes it's even in response to what I've asked you.
0: Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> and Occasionally. And now, now the one thing I got to say is. Mm easy on the wrestling talk. Come on. This is an adult show. Men wear pants here.
1: I mean, we, not tights and we don't need too much of this wrestling talk. So that was, uh, we got a little bit of feedback on that, that, uh, Lee was promoting an episode of this is wrestling, which is his wrestling podcast yep. with, uh, Zach McGibbon. Uh, if you're a wrestling fan, well worth your time to, uh, to check that out. But he wanted to promote that episode, which was obviously fine, but I'm not sure you lead with it. Not sure it goes in, in segment one because I'm going to fall into that pretty easily. Right. If he's teeing up, they're going to discuss best wrestling songs ever. I'm like, Oh, I want to talk about that. So, so he can drag me into that pretty easily. And, uh, and so the wrestling stuff, as you know, when more so with the UFC, if you and I are going to talk about that, I know that's limited appeal, right? There are people who are hardcore into it, but it's not everybody's thing. So I normally will hold that to the end of the show. And so, uh, those who aren't into it can, can check out, but, uh, no, he was putting it right up front. We were talking a little wrestling on the. the.
0: Although it has, I'm going to tell you, it, it inspired me. Mm. I wanted to, I'm thinking we should do an episode about the most iconic, Mm -hmm. legendary NHL franchises, but we're going to have to omit the Montreal Canadiens because they may be too legendary. And
1: everybody hates them. (laughs) (laughs) They stink. Hey, look, here's our torch again.
0: I got to admit the most We're handing it to
1: Mike Matheson. For sure, man.
0: If you're getting it done over the Bruins.
1: They were having a good time with it. And you know what? As you should. When you're rebuilding franchise like that and one of your rivals roll in and you get to beat them up, enjoy that. Like, you should enjoy that. Because it's not easy to be, as as you and I both know, not easy to be a fan of a shitbird. So when the moment comes to enjoy your time, you should enjoy your time. Live it, yeah. Your team's been a shitbird. My team's been a shitbird. Like you go through it, right? And and, what do and mean so my team's
0: been a shitbird. <laughs> well, we can. Been means there's a past <laughs> tense sort of to that. We can
1: we can talk about that a little later That's on, maybe. Uh, you're away the next uh, the next two Mondays, so we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna do our best to fill in for you, and that starts next Monday. Uh, she's got game crew will be here. Michaela Schreider, Vanessa, uh, Vanessa Sanchez will both be in studio for the nice. Monday morning show next week. And uh, they have they got an announcement to make. They got something they want to tell you about. I
0: got shit to say. They
1: got shit to say. And so we're going to do that on the podcast nice. and then get into the normal you know, news of the week. Uh, so look for that next Monday while uh, Rob's away. Those two will do their best to, to fill his shoes. Less profanity, I bet. Maybe a little. But maybe a little good time. We'll see how the Jets are doing. The, <laughs> the, the New York li- Jets. Will they be, will uh, bring it. Yeah, for sure. So that'll be fun. I want to drag you out here early in this episode. I want to drag you out into the deep water. I see can how swim you do. Okay. I am good. Last week, Kevin Fiala of the L.A. Kings. You can see already this is going to be deep water. Yeah. Hit the five hundred game mark. Okay. He becomes the fifth. Swiss player ever to hit that mark.
0: Oh man!
1: Can you take a swing at the four guys who, who are ahead of him? Four Swiss players who have already hit 500 games Roman in the Yossi. National Hockey League. Roman Yossi is number one.
0: Nito Niederreiter is number two. Um, another Islander defenseman. Oh, starts with an
1: S. Mm-hmm. Mmm. Um, Briefly a flyer. I think you played it down and maybe there was a triangle trade at one point with Tampa or yeah. something like M- that. Mark? Is his name yep. Mark? Yep. Okay, you're gonna have to give it to me. Mark Strait.
0: Mark Strike. I was gonna say street cars. What street car Street <laughs> A streetcar
1: named a street car named, yeah. car named Desire.
0: Yeah, it's Mark Strike. Okay, yep. and uh I've kind of I've kind of
1: been tapped. It is not. It is not Our mar- Canadian Matt Dominicelli. Oh, okay. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I thought was going to say it was not Mark Strite. Oh, no. Mark Strite was number three.
0: Okay. So I'm missing number four. Yeah. I, and I. it's, can you give For, me a hint?
1: Yes. Former Flyer, former Duck, Mark was involved in oh. the former Chris duck. Pronger trade from Anaheim to Philadelphia. He went in exchange.
0: Former Duck, former Flyer.
1: So he went from Anaheim. Uh, excuse me. He went from Philadelphia to Anaheim, to Anaheim in exchange as part of the the package for Chris Pronger,
0: forward defenseman, Hold
1: defenseman, Lucas Spisa.
0: Oh man, we could we could st- <laughs> <laughs> we could have hung out here all day, and I I would not come up with all
1: right three out of four, not bad. Well, two and a half out of four. You got a first name on uh, on well, the third guy.
0: <laughs> well, I had everything. I just couldn't quite. But that's not bad.
1: Nope,
0: I, not I, bad. I'm right there on my Swiss guys.
1: So come here for. Uh, TCA twelve hundred for your Swiss hockey takes and uh,
0: yeah Kevin, Kevin Fiala, Fiala. five hundred games
1: former Minnesota Wild yeah that's about all I got on him too <laughs> so okay uh, but the Swiss man they they've built a bit of a program there right like every now and then there'd just be a guy who was sort of dropped in he was not bad but David Abish they're starting <laughs> yeah <laughs> um they've started to to build something there they, they have, sure have they have become you know maybe not right there with Sweden or, or Russia or whatever over there, but, but building up pretty quick. And that, that domestic league has become appealing, right? Like if, if, if you're not going to be an NHL or this year, the people love to go over there. Obviously we've heard a hundred times about how, how nice the Spangler cup is in Davos. Um, Joe Thornton, I think met his wife over there and, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. she's, he still goes over there.
1: Yeah. Swiss man. He, uh, yeah, just before that half season there in, uh, I think he went over and played a few games, Remember he played for the Leafs in twenty twenty one. I think he started that fall in in Switzerland, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, but uh, so they're building something over there.
0: They certainly well, and they're solidly in that that sort of next tier.
1: Germany, Germany, yeah.
0: Switzerland. Yeah. they are
1: Slovakia maybe.
0: Yeah, well, the Slovakia ahead maybe. Yeah, but they're they're sort of they sort of hit the skids big time, right? Yep. And I think a lot of those guys sort of who were in the heyday
1: of, of Slovak hockey. Yeah, your Hosas and your Dimitras yep. and your... Uh, Ziggy Palfi. Yeah, there you go. Yarrow Halak still out there doing his thing, just got an invite to come and yeah. help out Carolina this week.
0: And so <clears throat> so I I think they are on the come. They, they've gone back and invested a lot of time and money into their domestic league and development and hockey academies and stuff. So yep. uh, you see it at the World Juniors, that was... So you're starting to see both the Czechs and the Slovaks kind of making a bit of a a reemergence from the bit of a slumber that they've been in in the past 20
1: years. You've talked about it before, back around like 2000, both the Czechs and the Slovaks like kind of running the hockey world, right? Like very, very high up. That
0: 98, uh, sort of 99 period where the Czechs were winning Olympic gold, world junior and world championships. Yeah. Yeah. Killing
1: it. Uh, coming up this week on the podcast, our buddy Chris Hoffley is going to be back in here. That's going to be fun. And uh, later on in the week, a guy we who's been on here a bunch of times, but not much lately, uh, Mike Comito. He, uh, he's written a couple of books, Hockey 365, the first and second periods. He's now got Leafs 365. He has focused at his attention right where it should be. He's got a book out now, just in time for Christmas. Nice stocking stuffer. We've talked about this before. It's a book you put on the back of your toilet, right? You sit down and you... Use it to wipe your ass when you run out of paper. I don't... F- yeah, well, you know what? If you pay, Mike, he probably doesn't sorry. really care what you do with it. Sorry, after that.
0: that's not a shot at Mike. It's more a shot at the, the Leafs. The Leafs? yeah. That's, sorry about that, Mike. But,
1: <laughs> but a page or so on a different day of the calendar, right? You flip through and here's what happened in uh, on February 10th in Leafs history. Here's what happened on February 11th in Leafs history. And each day you can kind of pick it up and, and go through... Now, if you're not into the Leafs, like I said, he's got two different books yeah. already in the uh, in the rear view, Hockey 365 and Hockey 365, the second period. Same idea, a different day of the calendar every day on uh, on something from hockey history. So all of those have been written by Mike Camito. He will return to the show on Friday morning. So that should be fun as well. Pride of Sudbury? Pride of Sudbury. A little stack brewing? There you go. He knows all about that. He likes to talk about the beer sphere when he comes on here. All right, man. Yeah. So uh, we'll get into uh, to all of that with him later in the week. Um, look, you and I talked about this in the green room. I'd made an effort this week to leave the Oilers out of it. And, uh, just, we'd sort of piled on both you and I, Lee and I just, they've been shit. And so there wasn't a whole lot new to say. We were all kind of waiting to see what was going to happen in that Sharks versus Oilers game. Then the Sharks kind of went out and won a game the night before against Philadelphia, which took all the fun out of it, right? The spiraling Oilers versus the winless Sharks. What's that going to look like? Well, then they're not the winless Sharks. and, um, and then, But the I, Sharks did win it. Then they doubled down on it. It was incredible. But then the Oilers go out on Saturday night, a hot first period, Zach Hyman with a hat trick. I think they finished that period 4 nothing. Game finishes 4-1. You're like, all right, maybe you've – cooled things down a little bit, right? Maybe the temperature has been lowered in Edmonton. The heat had been lifted a little bit, but you wake up on Sunday morning. No, they're firing Jay Woodcroft and they are going with Chris Knobloch, who has been coaching Hershey in the AHL. Brother of Chuck. I was just going to say, that's where that name rings a bell for me. His old Chucky Knobloch was uh, always a go-to for me back in uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Slugfest for the N64. Uh, Yankee at the time that I had that video game, uh, second basement there. Anyway, Chris Knobloch. And if you're wondering why'd they go to him? Cause that's not their AHL call-up team. It is worth noting coached the Erie Otters while Connor McDavid was, uh, was, uh, hmm. a member of that team. Maybe when Connor Brown was there, maybe it's for, Perhaps, the, Con- maybe it's per- for the Connor it's Brown. It's to get fact. Connor Brown going. Yeah. Um, and and they're also moving Paul Coffey from whatever special advisor position he was in to an assistant coach. Now it's well known he's good friends with the owner out there uh, and with the president now, Jeff Jackson. Um, so you've almost you've got a mole on the bench if that's the way you want to yeah. view that or, or consider. But look, I, I don't even know if this was the right time to fire your coach. I. I don't know if Jay Woodcroft is a great coach or or a terrible coach or something in between. I almost look at him fairly or unfairly, similar to the way I look at Sheldon Keefe. This is a rookie head coach who gets dropped in behind an already pretty good team. And so when you look, you know, he's got his like fifth best coaching record in the league. and like, Yeah, but look what he inherited. And so at the same time, you look at the start that Edmonton has gotten off to. The one difference, of course, being that Jay Woodcroft won a couple of playoff series along the way. Yes, but you look at the start they've gotten off to. All the fancies say that the Oilers aren't this bad. Now, they have all these losses. It's going to be tough to dig out. But like they have like the sh- the lowest shooting percentage in the league, so you know that's going to rebound a little bit. They have like eight fifty goaltending, and regardless of what you think of Skinner and Campbell, at least Skinner is an eight fifty bad. Your defensive game has been terrible. Um, and that's part of the problem with the save percentage. You're letting guys march right to the net and and just light up your goaltending. I'm not sure Paul Coffey is the defensive coach who fixes that for you. No, where's your Phil Housley at? <laughs> right? These sorts of... Uh, I, I don't know, man. To me, this screams you fire a coach for the GM's mistakes, and the new coach gets to come in, and all those numbers that are horribly you know, outlier right now, start to come back to the middle and this new guy gets to take credit for them. And I, I, I just think we've seen that a time or two before. This team is not this bad.
0: No. And, and when you, when you put it flat out, lie it on the table and say, this team is looking to get past the Western Conference final. They're looking to make that big move. Mm-hmm. And you doubled down on Skinner and Campbell, right? You had the offseason. season, Whatever changes you made, whatever yeah. you were looking to do, you endorsed. Not Woodcroft. Now, I don't know what happens behind the scenes in terms of what happens with Woodcroft and Manson and what they think is is, is a good idea to come, come back with. Yeah. But you have doubled down on that Yeah, that's pending. a
1: GM decision. That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: And so to, to further that, that is I, – I watched a bit of the game on Saturday night against Seattle and – it was already one nothing, and they had a power play, and the power play is fine. I think it's tenth.
1: Yeah, but, but last year it was
0: a blowtorch.
1: Yeah, like far and away best in the league.
0: Well, best in in, in the history. Maybe of the in league. history. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's gonna find its way into the top three. That power play. Yep. And like yesterday, they were putting it into guys' shin guards. Like they were just pounding it into defenders. They mm-hmm. it looked really average. And you know that that power play is likely going to be able to outscore in the regular season any of your defensive issues. And as you said, you think that 850 goaltending is going to sort of
1: progress. Come at least to 890 or something, right?
0: The closer it can get to that nine bills, that's where it's going to be, right? And the power play is going to be top five, maybe top three, Mm -hmm. just with the talent they have. And... It is. It is too early. It is too early. But I was surprised. I was surprised by it this morning.
1: I really was too. Maybe if for no other reason like you didn't do it after the embarrassing San Jose loss. I guess you're going to stick with these guys. Then you get a win, and you're like, all right, like all right. they're going to see what happens here, and, and maybe you can build some momentum. And it it sort of feels maybe more like you just couldn't work it out with the new guy between Thursday and Saturday or something, right? Like. You had to come out of Thursday thinking. Couldn't get
0: a U-Haul at a Hershey? I'm sure. <laughs>
1: exactly. Um, that's sort of my read on it. But I, I just, uh, I look at what's happening there. Those are GM mistakes. He decided to double down on this goaltending. It hasn't been good enough. And the things that are, and, and, and you look at Connor McDavid. He's not playing well. He's clearly fighting something. And we talked about it two weeks ago before the outdoor game. Yep. that they were rushing him back to be able to play in it, Yeah, player's always going to say, I want to play. And sometimes it's on you to go, no, like this one game is not important enough, despite the fact that it's going to be in this, you know, cool stadium setting.
0: Huge venue and, right. and eyeballs across the league are on you.
1: Especially when after that game, which was a Sunday, they didn't play it again until Thursday. So if you take that game off, that guy gets an extra three, four days before and he's clearly still fighting something. He doesn't look anything like himself. And so I don't know who makes that decision, right? Whether he gets to play in that outdoor game, him, I guess. But someone had to be able to stand there and go, this is not good for us long term. And I have no idea whether him playing in that extended the length of time that he's, he's going to play below his standard or not. But these are the sorts of things you look back on and go... Jay Woodcroft is being held responsible for things that were outside his control and now someone else is going to benefit from it. And, and it's clearly, you know, running the organization now is Jeff Jackson, Connor McDavid's former agent, uh, his former junior head coach. You brought in Connor Brown. his Like they couldn't be doing any more to try and convince him to stay. Which, that's all this, any of this says to me is try and get Connor McDavid's favorite people in here. Well, Whether they're good for business or not.
0: And this is like the fog. This is like the Friends of Gretzky thing. <laughs> Only you're now seeing it, bam, next generation, 2.0. Yeah. Right? And it's happening in live time. Although it's interesting with the coffee thing, and you're like, that dude's still kicking around, right? With all the, the clearing yeah, out. He's
1: friends with the owner, friends with the president.
0: Yeah. I just, <sighs> I just sort of wonder
1: about the whole thing. Now he's an assistant coach.
0: Yeah. Which... Makes total sense, sure. Because that's one of those guys who can totally transfer what he did well to other people, right? That's a guy who's had a God-given gift. Yep. And yeah,
1: you don't get to say that to Cody Cece. How about you rush it up the ice and and get in deep and do the things no. I used to do? Well,
0: what yeah. you can do is you know when you see the highlights and the goal is scored on our net, and then we give a uh, three Mississippi's and I cruise into the. <laughs>
1: I'm finally back. <laughs> I cruise into
0: the shot. That's how you do that. <laughs> yeah. Paul Coffey style.
1: Teaching 80s defense out here. I, I don't know, man. I The Oilers look like a bit of a mess right now. And, and to me, these moves that were made today, those are not Ken Holland's choices. This is Jeff Jackson's choices. This is Daryl Cates' choices. Yeah. And look, Holland is in the last year, apparently, of his career. He was going to step away at the end of the year, I guess, in the glory of a Stanley Cup. I think at this point, they're probably doing him a favor by not firing him, but he's clearly the one not calling the shots. right? He's not the one calling the shots right now.
0: No. When you have that pipeline to the owner, it just sort yeah. of, it becomes, uh, I was more interested too in the, not just with the McDavid, because a McDavid at 80%, and whether it was a knee, a hamstring, a quad, whatever that was. It looked was, like kind of
1: mid-body there, right? Like a hip, a hammy. A-
0: so whatever his issue was- We've seen in the past where Drysaddle just kills it, right, on his own. And he's not doing that. No. And so I'm not sure what his deal is, yeah. but he needs to pick it up. When you look at that scoring. But you know he's going to. Yeah, but I think all Oilers fans. Chris
1: Knobloch's going to get
0: credit for it. And, and Brass are saying, when? Yeah, well. When is that going to happen? That's a fair question. Because it's one of those things where you go, yeah, yeah, it's early. And it's 15 games now, and then it's 20 games, and you're like, well, when is it?
1: But no like, the, longer too yeah, early, yeah. No, and it, like the GM is the one who's created this mess. Like, if you want to say to Jay Woodcroft, you need to hold these guys more accountable. And it's not like he was ever going to sit down Leon Trysital and healthy. No, of course up. not. But there are guys you might have, but you don't have the space. You don't have room on the roster to sit somebody down and call somebody else up or or have like a 13th forward. Right, like they're, they're up against it. Need. Yeah, yeah. These are Ken Holland's mistakes, and. Jay Woodcroft has paid the price for it. And do you, I Do you look at that, at that, we talked about it in the green room. Do you look at that clip
0: from Saturday night? It happened in the middle of hockey night, right? Where we're both watching seven o'clock games and yeah. they flashed that clip of Woodcroft where he's where he seemed very glib, right? Yeah. Do you look at that differently now? Like maybe he knew? Do
1: you Do you feel differently about that clip in hindsight? See, I didn't believe it in the moment. No, I didn't believe it in the moment either. I didn't believe he was about to be fired, but I believe that's being over the top. Hey, right? Like, you know, we got a game today. Everything's going to be fine. Like all coaches come out and put on, I'm just focused on the next game. His was a little over the top, but I never bought in that he was, you know, that optimistic that there's, there's a clip after the San Jose game of him and Dave Manson, um, at the end of the game walking away. And you can see, um, the, multiple lip readers out there report. It looks like Jay Woodcroft saying to Dave Manson, that might be it. And Dave Manson going, yep. Like they've just lost that game. They're expecting to be fired either that night or the next morning. (laughs) As did most Oilers fans. When you watched on Friday, they were waiting for that to drop all day and it never came. And you go, well, I guess they're sticking with it. You go out and you beat Seattle on, on Saturday and get shit-canned Sunday. So that's, to me, why it was like we didn't get the contract finished in time with the new guy or something, right? Like, they probably were going to get shit-canned the next day, and for whatever reason, ah, we need to send you out there once well, more. And it's
0: it's the weird psychology of it. Like, when Paul McLean got let go here, it's like, it's like the vultures were circling and circling, and then he won a game after the team being on the skids. Mm-hmm. He won a game, and then he got canned the next day. It's like the... The win sort of, yeah, it's weird. I, I, it's, it's how that works out, right? It's, it's almost like, nah, we're not doing it because of that skid back there. We're doing it for. Right. Like we're, a, not yeah, we're not
1: reactionary. Yeah.
0: We are actually waiting and biding our time. And this is just a wise, shrewd decision.
1: <laughs> yeah. Seems like bullshit to me, Matt. It does seem a little like bullshit. So we'll see what happens with the Oilers here. They play on Monday. Uh, they'll, they'll come home off this road trip. They'll have a new guy behind the bench and I don't know, maybe the Oilers blow somebody out and this guy gets credit despite the fact that he'll have had what, one morning skate.
0: But I'm look yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking at the, at the, at the, the score and, and the, the, the box sheet and then yep. you're like a, a Hyman hat trick wasn't what I was anticipating no. in terms of when you're looking at those big boys to bust out.
1: That's, he is being paid like a big boy Not quite like those other yeah, big boys Yeah, yeah, but, but that's not real. But you're right, you're expecting Two point, or two goals and an assist from Dreisaitl And, 100%. and the opposite from, from McDavid 100%. A hundred percent A goal and, when, and two assists And when something.
0: you don't see that yeah. You're like, you're waiting You're like, okay, when is this going to happen? Because that is really If those guys don't do it And the power play doesn't get clicking yeah. It doesn't matter who's coaching no,
1: that team it really doesn't
0: Because those if those guys aren't elite the team isn't good enough. Yeah. They need to be, you know, two of the top five players in the world. And if you're not, Edmonton is just uh, less than average. As we're seeing. As the three and nine and one <laughs> record would suggest. Yeah. I know. Look at that. Rob, super <laughs> smart, man.
1: Thanks, Captain <laughs> Obvious. A good drop. Yeah. yeah. Uh Where do we want to go next, man? There's a few other things on the horizon that we had sort of talked about it. Why don't we get... To Europe. I, I
0: love Europe this time of year, man.
1: Yeah. In November. It
0: feels like late September here
1: over there in November. That's the beauty. All right. That's, that's fair. And and this was sort of going back to what I alluded to earlier. Like we've, we've talked about the Leafs not looking good. We've talked about the sends and all the ups and downs that they've been through. Uh, the league had to force them to play each uh, three games and four nights before they headed off to do, uh, what, six, seven time zones away. Uh, six. Each one of them goes two and one in that stretch and off they go for Gary's European vacation. Uh, have you seen the movie Euro trip? Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> not, all that I have <laughs> a, not, a classic.
0: I have not <laughs> seen it, but I used to vacation with a, with another family whose, whose kid would talk about that movie incessantly.
1: You know what? You got four nights here where there's no sense games, you got to, you got to find Euro trip and throw that.
0: I got 48 Jeopardies backlogged <laughs> there, my friend. I'm, I'm working it. Okay.
1: Look, I wonder what you think about these trips mid season. We, I, I'm not sure how much time we spent talking about, uh, LA and Arizona going to Australia in the preseason, but it was preseason games and it was weeks ahead of the season actually starting. Both those teams, excellent starts to the season. Mm-hmm. The Sens have been to Sweden before. They did not come home well from that trip in 2017. They did well over there, though. They did well over there uh, and came home and started to unravel a little bit.
0: 17 straight losses. Is that bad?
1: That's not right, is it? <laughs> it's, it's close. It's close enough. It's super close, man. <laughs> I think we talked last year, no, maybe two years ago, about Colorado having gone over there and they came back. And I think, that's I know who, you and I talked who about this. Played. Okay, this was a different trip. Anyway, the Colorado had gone over there. They came back, and I remember talking to you about this on the show. They didn't talk to the media. It came out months later that they had sent a memo to the league saying, this is really hard, (laughs) right? Like when you send people, well, for them, it would have been, I guess, eight time zones away. Uh, Mid-season, you come back, you get a few days, and then you're back up and running again. This isn't ideal. I wonder when you look at, Regular season games, mid-season, and we can touch on kind of as we move through this, whether the Sens or Leafs might be up for this right now or not. But just in general, what do you think of these games mid-season?
0: I don't like them. I didn't like them when they announced it. Um, this This was a crucial portion of the season for Ottawa, right? With all that was hanging over their heads. Yep. You needed to have a great start this year. You had all this stuff and you go, now we got to fly over to Sweden and do a thing and then come back. And, and it's a big thing, man. It's, it's a six hour time change. And I get it. They are not flying, you know, like cattle, like the rest of us. No. It is, it is very different, but it's still hard. The jet lag thing is real. Now I understand with sports science and they got people devoted to sleep patterns, and,
1: and I think that's what. Col- and the reason Colorado stands out to me as an example is because it was the year that they end up, and uh, they ended up winning the cup. But their people wrote to the league and said, "Like our sports science is telling us, for like three weeks after we got back, our guys are not at their optimal." And again. It came out later, Friedman reported it This was not Colorado bitching in the media right? This this was just our feedback To the league on what we think this did To us, keep this in mind as you move Forward, and so I wonder even For a while They did these at the very beginning of the season right? A couple teams that go over Nashville
0: and San Jose last year
1: Yeah, Uh, I remember the Rangers going Before, I remember like, and you go over And you play some preseason games Against, you know, H.C. Byrne Or something like that And then you play each other in your first two regular season games of the year, but they're like a week and a half before the season actually starts. And then you come home, you give as much time as you get. Now, in theory, it could still drag out a couple of weeks, the effect on the body, but I think I have more time for that, right? Where you go over, you start it up early, you play a couple of games and then you come back. Whereas like three games in four nights is something any any NHL team is going to have to deal with a couple times each season, but this one was forced on these teams because we need you to go mid season. Then you're going to do nothing for four or five days. You're going to play two games, bang, bang. And then you're going to come back, have another four or five days off in the Leafs case. Their first game back is on the Friday in Chicago at 2 PM. So again, you're sort of, your clock is all fucked up because of American Thanksgiving and everything that's going on there. I just, I sort of get what they're doing. They want these games to count. We don't want to keep sending teams over to play these meaningless exhibition games. But when you do it in the middle of the season, and I get the way some people are probably listening to this right now, that it's our two teams going. So now it's a problem last year when it was anyone else didn't who care. cared. Right. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's fair enough. I didn't I'm, care. I'm right, right? there. Well, like, yeah. you know what?
0: How many people cared about Nashville?
1: Nope. How many people cared about San yeah. Jose? They sent, was it Boston and somebody a couple of years ago to China? That was, again, preseason games. Yeah. But it's China. Like, it's the other side of the damn world. Was Los Angeles there too? It was might like have been Boston, Boston and LA, in LA that went. And so that to me is
0: where you go. You do it in the preseason. Yeah. A couple of meaningless bullshit games, whether you're in
1: Penticton. But then why do you want people in Beijing or in Stockholm to care if they're meaningless games? I kind of get why they have to matter, but. Well,
0: because they care because you're going to see the Brandstroms, the Forsbergs, the Nylanders. Yeah. You're going to see the Swedish players you there. You might see Klingberg. <laughs> oh yeah, Klingberg, <laughs> Lilligren too, right?
1: <sighs> yeah, poor Lily.
0: Yeah, you. So you're going to see the Swedes, right? Yeah. Lucas Raymond. That's what's happening here, right? Is is you are sending, and they're going to get to see local,
1: mm-hmm.
0: homegrown talent yep. play, wearing NHL jerseys in their local arena. That to me is what it becomes more about.
1: Do you think? When they looked at these, when they chose the four teams to go, you think they were looking for Swedes or do you think this was, it was just these four teams time or their I, turn?
0: I'm, I'm sending Vancouver if that's the case. Cause I don't know if there's a, if there's a Pettersson. poor, you know, prolific Swede right now, then, then.
1: Yeah. Okay. But this decision was made months and months ago. And he I think he
0: had a hundred points last season. All right. Do you need to go further back than that? <laughs> Cause I okay. think, I think. But like Marcus. Naslin, probably pretty good too. with the okay, Canucks. But like it
1: made sense to me Nas- in 2017 when Eric Carlson was going. Yeah. I'm not sure Eric Brandstrom is selling tickets.
0: What? <laughs> yeah. He may not be selling tickets in Nashville or Carolina, but in Stockholm. You think so? Yeah, I believe he is. All right.
1: I, Could be. Like I, I look at him. I look at Timothy Liljegren. I look at uh, Callie Yarncroak. I go, you know. They're going to be known in Sweden, but are they, are they selling tickets? Oh,
0: Kelly, Look, The Leafs are loaded
1: with low, yeah, with yeah. low key Swedes. Sure. Last year they had that game where they started. F- six weeks. Yeah. Shalgren, I think in goal. He's moved on somewhere else. I can't even remember the whole, uh, but it was Liljegren,
0: That Rasmus guy. M- maybe
1: Sandine before they yeah, traded him. I guess sure. it would have been. Yeah. And then Yarncroak, Nylander and Pieringval yeah. maybe before they traded oh,
0: him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pear! Right. Where's the A pair?
1: So you think it was just, these are the four teams, not.
0: No, I I do think that.
1: Because again, Nylander also isn't, no one expected this start from this guy. Like it's, that guy's going to be great to go over there and and take a Swede home. And although he's Calgary born. uh, Taking (laughs) Swedes
0: out, taking Swedes down all over the
1: place. (laughs) I'm living big. He's, he's had a great start, but again, when they booked these teams to go like six, eight months ago, they didn't know he was going to be off to this kind of start. And
0: Yeah. But his dad, a lot of Kate Cachet over there too, right? Yeah, I guess. And so he's a Swede. I don't care if he's born in, in Calgary, right? It's he like is a Swede. Yeah. It's like the Steens, all those sorts of, yeah. you are, doesn't matter where you're born. I, I look at the team that hates this, this trip is Detroit. Detroit's got to be going We are out of the box.
1: Yeah, second in the conference, I think. Killing it
0: with nine wins or whatever it is, right? And you're like, we're doing it. I can't speak for Toronto, but Minnesota, scuffling, Ottawa.
1: Every day I'm scuffling.
0: There's a pile of shit happening in Ottawa where you're like, you know what, maybe. Let's
1: get to that. And, And who cares about Minnesota? Like when you talk about Ottawa and Toronto, like let's start with Ottawa. They, they were they they've seen some shit so far yeah. this year with the suspension to Pinto, the firing of the GM. Yeah. They do come out and win two of their last three here before the trip. Would they be happy to be getting out of a, uh, getting out of Ottawa right now, even if it means traveling to a completely different time zone? Like, is 100%. that a team you think they want that wants out of Dodge a, right now? A hundred percent.
0: Like you t- you looked at the beginning of the season, you went we're at fifteen of eighteen games on the road uh, at home. Yeah. Now these are two of their home games. Yeah are here so it is a bit of a stretch. (laughs) But they are looking for a different home crowd, right? Like if you if you watched any of the the Vancouver game, for instance. Yeah. At the end I was really keen to see what happened, right? And there was like (laughs) like it was like some people cheering, some people booing. It was just this sort of noise.
1: Melange.
0: Yeah, and you're like, ah, th- to me, they're, they'll be happier for another home crowd. <laughs> Somebody else. Somebody else happy. other than these ones who, you know, you have a bunch of people who are trying to support you, trying to hate you. <laughs> it's just, I think they'll be happy to get out on the road and try something, get out of the funk or the rut they're in. Something different, right?
1: Even if it means... Traveling to different continents. Yep. and Different yep. everything that might mean coming home.
0: I didn't like the idea preseason. I don't mind the idea right now because they need to change the scenery. Yeah. That whole Harry Neal comment, right where you
1: can't win on the road and you can't win at home and I we're couldn't. Running,
0: find, we're I can't running we're running run out of running places. To play. <laughs> <laughs> we're running out of places to play. <laughs> so I think this is one of those things, right? Where I, you I, I almost look at it
1: I think maybe right up until Tuesday. I would have agreed with you. Let's get the hell out of here. But then you beat Toronto, beat Calgary. Maybe we're starting to build something here, right? Like, get the get our feet under us, get a little momentum. The crowd is murmuring, but they're not outright booing like they were before. Maybe this is a time to kind of try and build on that.
0: Jam barn on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, sellout.
0: there was stretches where... Man, Calgary was taking it to them yep. in the second period, yep. large portions of the second period. And it was like a church in there, <laughs> right? The, the fans had nothing to to cheer for. And and it's this old adage, right? Where who feeds off who, right? Do the players feed off the fans bringing it? Do the fans feed off the players bringing it? Like who is supposed to chicken or egg? Who's supposed to, yeah. who is supposed to light the match here?
1: Yeah, because Ottawa's two games, as you mentioned, in Sweden will be home games. Yeah. But there'll be mixed crowds, right? Of course they will.
0: There's no home.
1: Probably as much as anything, just cheering for every goal, right? Like any big moment. I don't expect any of these four teams to be a slam dunk crowd favorite. Who's
0: a strong home favorite? But yeah, and so for Ottawa, though, something different. Something different is good. You get out. Uh, I think they were talking about December. Ottawa plays 15 games in December, and that's with the Christmas Holy break. Fuck, yeah! Like that's
1: you want to talk about a few three and fours. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's going to get busy. So, um, I I think Ottawa. I can't speak to Toronto.
1: No, I, Ottawa. I, I, can. I believe <laughs> is 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 primed to get out of town. I look at Toronto, and and to me, that Friday win. So you lose to Ottawa in what well, really was a fairly i thought sloppy game for both teams. Ottawa yep. was full value for, for the win, sure. but uh just managed to make a few a couple fewer mistakes than than Toronto. Um the Friday win for Toronto over Calgary was again not impressive. You gave up four at home again, managed to pull that out of the fire in a shootout. Saturday's win against Vancouver, fairly convincing. First now, home game with less than four goals against in like <laughs> 9. Am I so, right with that? Yeah. The uh uh, Scotiabank Arena right now is the highest scoring arena In the yes, league Every Goals for you yeah, exactly. goals for And you. it's not because Toronto's pounding people It's it's 6-5 every night or whatever it's going to be So you look at that But a reasonably convincing win Samsonov looks pretty good And so you'll sort of go from there But to me, I assume the Leafs Kind of look at this Two zip down first in the first period, right? Yeah, two instigator penalties Because the big rough and tumble uh, Giordano and Domi, they're yeah. doing it <laughs> Exactly because they won't stand up for themselves if uh, if Ryan Reeves isn't in the lineup. Uh, look, good signing, man. Yeah, only uh, only, only two years and sixty eight games to 8, go. <laughs> two point eight seasons <laughs> to go. Fuck. Uh, you look at that, and and to me, I assume the Leafs probably see this as a nuisance. Yeah, I, I think they would rather normal practices, try and get our system in place. Now we're going to go over... You'll have some practices. You'll have some more... But on the big ice, right? Like, I, I assume that's what they're playing on over there. I I can't imagine in Sweden. Yep, in Stockholm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not really what you need right now. The home crowd hasn't been super supportive, nor should they be, really. But I don't think this is what the Leafs need right now. I think the Leafs would much rather... Have even just had like they don't play till Wednesday, right? You get two full practice days or something like that. Yeah, but to... let's
0: look at let's look at Thursday. Yeah, Thursday in the life of a leaf.
1: After the loss, you of were the Sens. you
0: were six five and two, I believe, yeah. at that point. You're not looking at that point and going, you know what? I don't need to be sitting in this change room listening to all this same bullshit. I, I guess let's get out of here at six five and two, eight five and two. You're feeling, you're feeling. Are you feeling the same? Monday morning as you are last Thursday? No,
1: of course not, because you got a couple of wins, but you still haven't looked great, right? The team hasn't looked right. And if I had any confidence that, it's funny, Ryan Reeves gets taken out of the lineup on Saturday and that fourth line suddenly scores two goals. You're like, is that sustainable? Is this going to be an offensive powerhouse fourth line? No, but come on, <laughs> right? Like the, you couldn't be screaming out any louder for just get that plug out of your lineup and maybe we can do some things here.
0: Well, that's that's Gregory and...
1: Uh, Noel Gregor, David Kompf, and okay. uh, Bobby McMahon.
0: Okay, and it was, they looked against Ottawa. They looked like they were skating with, you know those things where you That put, was still
1: Reeves, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Reeves in the lineup where you... With conf and Greger. You have
0: that weighted vest on and you're like...
1: Yeah, the thing that's, that's cinder blocks around your skates. Pulling you
0: backwards, right? Somebody's skating behind you with the brakes on.
1: And there have been moments, to be fair, to no, I'm not all about uh, that. that. That these goals against that fourth line haven't been directly Ryan Reeves' fault. But he has been a part of not being able to get it out, not being able to break up the cycle, not being back in the zone in time. Excuse me, not being back in the <laughs> zone in time. He's more bears. Even when he's not directly responsible, you're like, Yeah, but he's not helping you break out of this. And so they've been outscored twelve nothing or thirteen nothing or something with him on the ice at some point. That's got to speak to you. And so I just think right now you've got two wins in a row. I'm not sure this team is super interested in being up and flying off. To, and and there's part of just being a spoiled leaf fan of it. We, we normally don't, don't have to do this shit, right? Like we get to stay at home in our comfy uh- –
0: Why do we have to shill for the league? <laughs> this sucks.
1: And it's funny. We have talked about this on the show that – Toronto has no home games over there. They're not giving those away to East Sweden, right? Those, those, even the PA would have been on side with. Yeah. With the amount of money that well, Leaf money. home games break in. 100%. That's 50-50 split between the league and the players. Yeah, those are going to be Leaf road games. Well, They're not giving away home games.
0: And Ottawa, in their two home games,
1: not, does playing not play Toronto. Toronto. No, because it's big for Ottawa, too, to get. As much as Sens fans don't like to hear it, it's big money when Toronto oh, rolls in here. And,
0: I think Sens fans understand it. Yeah. Now, you know what? Just in an aside. Mm-hmm. And in terms of being a four-flusher and a bag of douchebags.
1: Mm. Um, <laughs> wow, this could This could, <laughs> this go, could go anywhere. Could go a lot of different places.
0: Um, bought more tickets, more Senators tickets the other day. <laughs> D- despite how yeah. know, pleased I've been with my experience so far. Uh, March 29th, Chicago Blackhawks.
1: Mm, a little bedard. A little, a
0: little Christmas gift here for the. For the Bob? For the teenager, <laughs> for the teenager in the house. Okay.
1: Um, would you call it a slightly, just slightly self-serving Christmas gift? You like to give those where you're like, I'm going to go with you, whether it's concert tickets. Oh, but or, I'm not. Uh, oh. But I'm not. Oh.
0: No, I'm not going. Then no. Yeah. Um, But See, there. I would have. So. Grab
1: one. I paid.
0: I paid a hundred bucks a seat to sit in the last row of the 200s for the Buffalo game. Okay. They are charging me 130 to sit in the third row of the third deck for Chicago.
1: What do you make of that?
0: Well, they're they're charging premium. They're they're, what? they're giving it that sort of. Yeah, but how much worse is that seat?
1: Three rows up. I loved
0: uh, the, the seats I was in in the Buffalo game. Yeah,
1: those are gorgeous seats. But now you're only three rows up in the third deck. Like, really? How much but, further back are you?
0: But I but I'm thirty bucks more and yeah. further back. No matter how you slice oh, it. Oh,
1: sorry, I thought you said hundred. Yeah, okay, okay, okay.
0: 100 in the twos. Yes,
1: 130. 130 okay. in the three. Sorry, I had that reversed in my head. Okay. Day. Yeah. And no, so that's fucked then.
0: <laughs> yeah. And for a last, a team that's going to be in the bottom five in the NHL. Yep. Anyways, thank you very much, Ottawa Senators. Loyal fan here.
1: <laughs> it is funny when they, we've talked before, right? When they, they do the levels of like the dynamic pricing. And so the Leafs are the top one. Right, they charge on their their own. Yep, charge more. But if you're you're not just punishing Leaf fans for trying to buy your tickets, like your Sens fans who you want to go. Your team is getting better. Air quotes. Yeah, and you you don't want the arena to keep getting overrun with. I want to see Bedard. Right. I want to see Crosby. I want to see McKinnon.
0: Come
1: on, say it. Say say you want to see (laughs) Willie. Show me more (laughs) Willie. But if you want leaf fans to stop over like they're coming here twice a year i'll pay that i'll pay that to go see the leafs because i'm only going to two if you want your local fans to stop selling their tickets to leaf fans or to start buying those seats up so that the leafs stop taking over your building
0: they can't be like taylor swift they can't
1: they cannot be like taylor swift tickets you have to allow your season ticket holders like first run at it at a lower price than it would be to anybody else, you know what I'm saying? Like, I 100 percent know yeah. what you're saying. It's, that that it's, dynamic pricing is actually fine to a Leaf fan who's only trying to buy two games a year. Right. Uh, to a Sens fan who's wants to be there and support their their team, you're punishing them.
0: You have put gouging Leaf fans in front of yep. your own. Yep. Hard earned dollar paying fan.
1: And I don't know what the alternative is. Like, we've kind of made fun of the different teams over the years who've tried to, oh, well, if your postal code is this or your yep. whatever, it can't. I don't know what the alternative is. You charge the same price and you let it happen how it happens. Would you do something like they're slightly cheaper in person? Now, there are Leaf fans here in town.
0: What, you're going to show up with your Leaf jersey? And I'm no, going to no, no. Like, like you go to the, the Rideau
1: Center to buy your tickets or, like, wherever the ticket... Ma- like, online, uh, it's all going to be pricey, but if you can show up in person to a location, it'll be slightly cheaper. Like
0: And that would be fine if, in this local market, you couldn't easily rustle up 6,000 Leaf fans on yeah, a given night, yeah. right? That's going to happen here. Same with Habs fans, yeah. right? This is a market that is a senator's market, but you have two very large... Yep fan bases that exist in your own city. Right. Like these people aren't exclusively traveling. No, 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 no. They are people like yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like the city is lousy with Hab and Leaf fans.
1: <laughs> so it's- it's Brilliant with Leaf and Hab. Yes, well, whatever. With, fact, it's two Leaf sides of the
0: same coin, right? Not with Hab's fans. Yeah, no, they're lousy. They're lousy. <laughs> 100%. And I got to pee.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I got to get a beer. Well, you know what then? We should probably take a break. Do it! Another Duff Homer? Nah, it's Friday night, Mo. I want to try something special. Ah, uh, sure, sure. There, here you go. Doof. Uh, from Sweden. <laughs> go! Yes, I will have the Plopin And don't skimp on the doodle munch. Alright, let's get back into it here. We got uh we got more beers. What are you going with on round two?
0: Same man, same. At-
1: okay. Uh, over here. Moving over to uh Left Field Brewery. Oh, it's lovely. Is it a small can though? It is a small can. Ah. I know. We've talked about this. I guess this is sort of a, a penance to be paid for the King Can last week. Oof. <laughs> I was
0: telling you, man, I got home last week. There were was, penance to be paid. <laughs> I was, I was, it was, it was the same evening. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, this is their Imperial Coconut oh. Stout. Okay. So you haven't really, you've got them with a small can. Yeah. Nine point seven percent.
0: Oh, that's high.
1: Uh, they're like I said, Imperial Stout here. This is called Blackburn. All my life.
0: <laughs> oh, you're gonna take me home tonight? No,
1: that's not the same thing
0: at all. <laughs> there was coconut in there. You said though. Yeah,
1: yeah. You ruined my little Beatles Blackbird. Uh, <laughs> doesn't matter. This is called Blackburn. So <laughs> I said to you. While we were uh, taking a little break that this show was off the rails, we're like, ah, it's fine. And we walked back in like this. Yeah.
0: Well, what I, what I said was you're doing fantastic, yeah.
1: Matt. Good job, Matt.
0: You are doing fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 1200 episodes. Whew. Yeah. How's that going?
1: Boozy. No. Not boozy at normally- normally- well, No, I wouldn't say not at all. Okay. Uh, it, there is some boozy-ness to it, but that is often the word you go to at a 10% Imperial Stout as yeah. it comes off fairly boozy it still has enough what you'd call like carbonation. Like sometimes it's more just tar, right? Like in a very good way, (laughs) but it's not carbonated. Yes. And this has still got some carbonation to it. Okay. So I'm enjoying that. Um, Not overly coconut, but the chocolate part is is coming through. And you know I, I got time for that.
0: Let's wait. Let's give it a 15 minutes.
1: Oh, We'll we'll try
0: the small. <laughs> anyways, uh, you'll be sipping that. Yeah, you're gonna get your lips flapping here in a second. Oh yeah, and then it I will. Do that. Yes, and then it'll just and check back and see where that coconut is in about ten or fifteen.
1: Yeah, when it warms up just a little bit. Correct. Right? This has been in the uh, the refrigerator.
0: But you are you are right, and I'm not sure what it is about the the double stouts, the imperials, where it just gets a little like thicker, a little bit more molasses. Right? Yep. Like yes, exactly.
1: Oh no, we both went to sip at the same time. All right. This is the kind of show it's been.
0: That's, you know what? When you do a podcast, which is two people sitting at a table drinking beer, guess what happens?
1: The odd time it happens. The odd time. So the good listener would be interested. I'm going to take you behind the, uh, behind the scenes here, just a little bit, good listener. This happens a lot, no matter who we have in here, but I would say that the top, three for sure. Maybe it's just because of the number of appearances they've made. Rob, Bunda, and Hoffley. The things I spend the most time editing are people turning away from the microphone and going, (sighs) trying to blow away a burp, (laughs) trying not to belch into the microphone. Or
0: into your face. How about that? Yeah.
1: So when you're going to sit and you're going to do a beer-fueled podcast, these things are going to happen. You've all drank a beer you know how uh, at some point you got to kind of swallow just a little or put your fist up to your mouth just for a second or what? Those are the edits that happen most on this show. It's not because people want to take back something they've said. It's because. Never.
0: <laughs>
1: it's yeah. always kind of a turn and burp.
0: Well, and right. have about, to
1: be edited out.
0: Right before noon, I, I sort of had a, um, I did, I did the grated home fries at home. Okay. I grated them up. Soak them. It's important to soak them, Matt. Mm-hmm. Pat them dry as you can. But three eggs with hot sauce. Yeah, yeah.
1: So turn and blow. This is a, There is
0: a <laughs> there is a pile of that where you are just like. Oof, that's all just sort of. How are you doing?
1: We appreciate you joining yeah. us, sticking around for twelve hundred episodes of this. Yeah. Uh, why don't we move over to the CFL for a couple minutes? There's some hockey stuff we can circle back to if we need to. It, it is still going on. Not for your Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, Chris Hoffley will be in and we'll ask him to explain why, Hoff, why? Why do we have to keep and going? Where's he this?
0: been? Where's he been recently?
1: Well, you know, we, we've allowed him to duck and cover just a little bit. So. He always brings a good beer. A strong beer guy. He is. He knows his stuff. He, he likes so. his high ABVs too. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, we'll get into that with him. Uh, look for that probably on Tuesday morning with uh, with Chris Hoffley. Uh, but. I think the biggest week or the biggest news coming out of this week in the CFL is the 16-2 and Toronto Argonauts going down to the Montreal Alouettes in the East Final. I think there was probably a couple of people out there who like to walk on the wild side when it comes to the, the betting side of things who maybe would have picked Montreal. I would have called you crazy as shit. They're taking the points if they are. Yeah. And instead... This was never close. I assume you didn't watch most of it. Uh, Uh, By
0: most of it, do you mean any? Okay. Zero!
1: At the end of the third quarter, Toronto had only put up three points. And this was a high-powered offense, right? This is a team that had litten people up, especially at home. And they just could not get it going. And so you, you kind of kept looking at Chad Kelly and just waiting for when this was going to start to play out and when he was going to get it going, and it just wouldn't happen. And at the end of the day, they have nine turnovers, four interceptions, two of them returned for touchdowns, a fumble, and four turnover on downs. And so it's not even just that that offense wasn't doing what everyone expected it would do. It was actually doing it for the other team It as well. was hurting you, yes. Yeah. It's not that it wasn't helping you. It was actively hurting you. Yeah. And I don't think anybody saw that coming. And so you start to look at the the historical, you know, you the Golden State Warriors and last year's Boston Bruins, and there had been a couple other teams who'd gone 16-2 and two in the CFL. 1989
0: Edmonton football team. Yeah. <laughs>
1: They were the Eskimos at the time. 16-2
0: and two as well.
1: Yes. And so you kind of look at this and it, it it was stunning, man. And I, I wonder, and the, the biggest thing I wanted to ask you about this was the idea of too much time off. And so Toronto had the bye to the Eastern Finals. They did not play last week while, the, uh, while Montreal and Hamilton were playing in the East semifinal. But also, like the week before that when they were here in Ottawa, Ottawa yeah. didn't play almost any of their guys because why risk injury? And I don't know how long you can do that. For some of these guys, it, it had been like six weeks since half of them seen any meaningful I think they had a buy before yeah. that. So yes. at some point, you have to protect your guys, but you have to play too. And I Look, I know you didn't see the game, but, no, no, look, but you I, and I have been around sports a long time. And I, I sort of wonder where you come in on this too much rest versus protecting your guys. This was a blowout. Toronto sort of got it going a little in the fourth quarter. They score a touchdown. Montreal returns the very next kickoff, kickoff yeah. and so all that momentum is just gone again. But I, I I do wonder about the idea of rest versus rust.
0: I checked all. The, I watched all the highlights. I yeah. did. A, I read a couple of articles on it today, so I am I'm fairly well versed in it. Um, the thing is, just just to not even answer your question okay. and just move
1: off in a different direction. <laughs> Just like the last eleven hundred and ninety nine <laughs> episodes.
0: <laughs> is I I really in my lifetime of, of being a CFL fan, which has waned, or been put on hiatus, perhaps put on hiatus is better. Mm. Um, I've hated the Argos. Yeah. Always. Back to your Conridge Holloway and your Tony Greer days, like pinball and flute. Nobody tonight. hates
1: pinball. Stop no. it.
0: But you, you don't hate pinball, but no. you you just hate the Drummond, Argos, Yeah. all that Arland right? Bruce the Third, Rahib, you know the Rocket Ismail, yeah, like sure, all, all these John Candy Zargos. Right? Oh, nobody hates John Candy for no, sure. No. Right? Uncle Buck, love Uncle Buck. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I don't know what that guy's talking about. Yeah, okay. But the fact that they have Chad Kelly and he's become a bit of this rock star. Yep. They were, they got 26 and into the, into the yep. BMO last night. This was a bit of a signature moment yeah. for the CFL, for the Argos in that, in that market. Right. Mm-hmm. Where they got a little bit of, of attention. People were like, Hey, look at this. We got a player. We got, you know, just, and they shit the bed. And so.
1: That's a big part of this, right? It's a
0: huge part of this.
1: 26,000, which is the most they've ever had at BMO. Right, I've been to some East Finals at the Dome where they'd pull in basically a sellout. Like there was a couple times, Montreal Alouettes, you know, Damon Allen and the Argos versus Calvillo and the Owls or whatever. Back in the day at the Dome, you could pull in a good crowd. 27,000 is sort of the neighborhood this was in at BMO. Great crowd, and you spoiled it. Like a win here, even. Yeah. Like this was supposed to be a predictable win too, right? Like not like a miracle we need to have that like, you're 16 and two. And some you're three people, against the Alouettes. right. And some people, I'm not smart enough to say if this is true or not, but some people talking about this team as one of the best in CFL history, right? Because you've gone 16 and two, but if you don't go and finish the job, you don't get counted. So how many people walked out of that stadium going Fuck it. Fuck, that sucked, right? Like, I, I just laid down the money. I came out. I did my part. I'm here. Yeah. I, you don't know. And it was know. terrible. It the, was, home
0: crowd was, the home team was terrible.
1: The home team was terrible. And so it's hard that you finally get everybody to pay attention and, and have this crowd and just come out and give them absolutely nothing.
0: And, and worth noting, I was listening to Dave Naylor speak. Yeah. Read. I can't remember where I came across. It was Dave Naylor for sure. And he's saying, yeah, it's 26-5. And it's not like it's being filled with Hamilton fans. Nope. It's not being filled with Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans. This is double blue. This is an Argo home crowd. This is an Argo home crowd, which that team and franchise is is begging They're for, crying out for, it. and the league by extension. Yep. Also begging. It's a
1: better league if Toronto's healthy.
0: A hundred percent. If you have Montreal, Toronto, and BC. Yeah, the three biggest yep. cities in the country, also plus Saskatchewan
1: a- will always be there for you. Right? Yeah,
0: like you're gonna have those prairie, you know, Edmonton, Winnipeg, yeah. yes, Saskatchewan, Edmonton, Calgary. You're gonna have those teams, but you need to be strong. If you can be strong, or at least have an imprint yep. in the big cities, yeah, and that's where this is is lost. And I, I sort of, as somebody driving by looking at an accident, or oh, and you're like, <laughs> oh, I feel badly for that, right? It's a it's a bus full of...
1: Yeah, I think if you're, dogs. If you're a Red... Damn. One of them driving? Or- yes, of course. If you're a Red Blacks fan, no one's expecting you to feel sympathy for the Argos, but it is an opportunity lost for the league that that, that market had a bad go here, right? And I, look, the Owls were full value. Um, they took advantage where they could. And I think... Uh, Montreal only scored two offensive touchdowns. And that shouldn't have been enough to win.
0: Well, they scored that the, the pick six off the first the, drive?
1: Yeah, there's the pick six, and then the kick return, touchdown. Um, there's the another pick six later on from Chad Kelly. So, like, there's a lot yeah. of things that aren't involving the Montreal offense. They didn't perform all that well. The Toronto defense was actually pretty good, but that's not what sells tickets, right? That's not what people who are there at BMO were there to see. And and so Chad Kelly has come out and he's he said all the right things. Now, there was some controversy that he left without shaking hands with Cody Fajardo, who's – that's kind of a thing. You're supposed to hang around, show a little respect to the the quarterback who beat you, right? And he bailed and, and went to the locker room. It wasn't a good look. But he did say in the, the post-game interviews, you know, I take full responsibility for this and – Almost has to, right? Like, it, it, of course, you do. That you want to be
0: the man? You got to be the man.
1: That was not a good performance. And that offense that had been great at home all year long, man, they just blew it. And I,
0: well, you put Fajardo in a spot where he, I think he threw for 175 yeah. yards, right? You put him in a spot where he just had to manage the game. Yep. He had to not do what Chad Kelly did, which is <laughs> throw the game away. Well, this is it. And you go, I can go 18 for 25 and 175, whatever it was. Yeah. If, if the defense is is putting up points. I just need to manage this game. Make my way to the end in a 38-17 win or whatever it is and you just sort of go, yeah, right. Yeah. Now, I don't know how that how that, you know, and this was an 11 and 7 team, yeah. like, whatever it was. They, they it's not like Montreal was trash. No. And two of the games against Montreal and Toronto in the regular fairly close if I remember. Yep. So it's, it's an unfortunate time for the league, and, and it's, it's, it's one of those things where you go, ah, but there's still going to be a great cup game with mm-hmm. Green Day, I guess. <laughs> and you go, that's still going to happen, but this could have been so much better.
1: Especially in Hamilton, because if you're trying to build this Toronto thing, like maybe you can whoop some of those people up into coming down what? the QEW, right, to be a part of it. Uh, out in the West Final, Winnipeg does what Winnipeg does. They're headed to their fourth straight um, Grey Cup. They're only the third team to ever do that. I believe Zach Caleros is the first quarterback to go to four straight uh, as the starting quarterback. So it'll be Winnipeg, Montreal, and it's the Grey Cup. A lot like the Super Bowl, obviously scaled down, but the team's almost become secondary if yours isn't in it, right? It's just the spectacle. So I wonder, you've sort of alluded to this throughout the summer and, and the fall that that your CFL fandom is is in some trouble here, right? It's, it's not all that. Is the Grey Cup enough to make you watch some of this or will this just be background noise for you? No,
0: I'll watch some of the Grey Cup. I, I will. Um, most often you watch a little bit to go... Seems so small time compared to, the, compared to the Super Bowl. Yeah,
1: I guess. I, it's normally presented really well. A TSN I, yeah,
0: does as good a job as they can, Yeah, right? It's But it is still a bit of a problem. Almost problematically sometimes,
1: right? Like here's 4K and you're like, oh, we can't not see this glaring mistake by the officials or, or yeah. whatever. You're almost presenting sometimes. Our
0: part-time officials yeah. are going to run out there yeah. and yeah. not know what they're talking about when they're looking for a clarification <laughs> or they're going to... Speaking a different
1: language. Sometimes you don't want minor league product broadcast in major league quality, right? And, and it, it does sometimes feel that way a little bit. But So I'll be watching to
0: see, you know, where Billy Joel drops the F-bombs on, uh, you know, yes. live TV. Because that's. <laughs> that's, cause,
1: that's all he's got left to punk shock us with.
0: Punk goes CFL. We love that. <laughs> right. Or Gap Punk goes CFL. I want to stay on brand there.
1: So halftime, would you rather watch Green Day or Keith Urban?
0: Um, black Eyed Peas. Okay. How about that? Yeah. That's going way back. Is, if Fergie's going to pee your pants on stage.
1: What is, what are, What are you, where are you taking us right now? I think we have to move away from this subject right now. Probably. I, um, I'm always intrigued. I'll watch the Grey Cup start to finish. It just, it's, it's one of those things, right? That, that's sort of a communal experience. You sit down, you watch and, and. Um, you know, I, it's not what it once was, but I, I still think this will be done well. And I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, Winnipeg hasn't won all four of these obviously, but that it's a legit dynasty, right? Like they're doing their best to. Two to
0: three is pretty
1: yeah, damn good. Yeah. So can they get it done again? They're obviously going to go in as the favorites, but Montreal obviously has just shown they don't give a shit about that. So. I'll be interested, man. I'll, well, I'll take it. Winnipeg
0: this down. And, and I'm gonna put all of my CFL smarts in one basket here. Okay. Because I've watched so much this year. But Winnipeg, whether they have wide receiver injuries still, whatever happens, mm-hmm. that is a that is a team that is not gonna barf on themselves in the moment like, like the Argonauts just no. did.
1: Let me ask you, just sort of in a general sense, to come all the way back around, since you didn't answer my question initially. Rest versus rust. Yep. We also saw this year in the baseball playoffs, three out of four of the teams that sat around and waited for that wild card series to play out went down in the next round. I don't know if you would want to draw any connections there, right? Like, is there something about because that that was only like three days off in the baseball? Well, it's playoffs, great. Right? It's great if you're
0: going, right? If, if you're not going. It doesn't matter, right? It's one of those things because we saw
1: both uh, Houston and Baltimore go down in the ALDS and, after and, those wild card and, she- and
0: Baltimore may have been the best team in the American League all
1: season. Yeah, you can make that art. Well, I think they were right. I think, uh, I think they finished. I think, for, we, yeah. I think we just made that ar- <laughs> right. So, um, so three out of four of those teams that sat around and waited for those wild card series to play out didn't get past it. Like you, you sort of come in rolling now in theory, like you're supposed to have used your two best pitchers to get through it. They're just sitting there waiting for you, right? Because they have had the buy, but it's not always playing out that way. And we're starting to see like the NHL talk about adding that wild card round, the same way the NBA has, right? Like the play in round. And they're absolutely taking notice of sometimes the better teams are, not better off, right? To sit down. And, and so I, I wonder, you know, the Argos and the amount of guys they sat down, uh, I guess it didn't impact well, Winnipeg.
0: If, if I can, if I can take this in two different directions. Neither of
1: which are the ones I've asked you once again.
0: Yeah, no, they actually are in this case. <laughs> if they're going to be, fair, they're going to be fairly close. Okay. MLB is an everyday league. Yeah. Right. That is a rhythm sport, right? Where you're going and you're like, man, we're hot, we're hot. And you go hot, you, you can be hot for three weeks. Yep. Um, Oh, you
1: saw that, Diamondbacks and Rangers.
0: And it's hot, like it's, and it's, and it's every day. Football being that animal that is, we're a once a week sport, it becomes a little different in terms of, you know, that everyday component. Right. Is that, is that two games in six weeks or whatever it was you were talking about, right? That is the equivalent, right? Because you're already talking about a sport that takes five or six days off in between games. Right. So the rhythm of baseball is calling out for, yeah, I want to go every day, man. If I got to go an extra 15 games to make, to get to the world series, I'll do that.
1: I'm it struggling just, we- to remember when we opened up that bubble in the 2020 season, the top two August. or three teams. It was in August. Yeah. But the top two or three teams in each division or conference, did they not just play each other kind of off and on while the play-ins were happening? And I seem to recall some of those teams getting knocked off quick, too, right? Like, there's something about... Are we thinking of the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Columbus Blue Jackets? Well, they got knocked off, for sure. But I remember, uh, Washington... Anyway... The... Yeah, no, I, I have zero okay. recollection of... All right, of, then uh, it's not worth going down this uh, road. Of the MLB
0: but... component.
1: Well, that was obviously the NHL when I'm talking about, whereas, like, your top teams are sort of half-assed playing a kind of sort of matters oh, round, Robin.
0: But Sorry, you, you did make the move over to to yeah. hockey on that there was something happening. There was this... this The top two or four
1: in each conference sort of just sort of kind of played each other, but it didn't matter, whereas everyone else was playing life or death, and those teams that were coming out of the life or death ones... Montreal-Pittsburgh. Right. Well, even Columbus put put the the fear of God into Tampa coming out of that next round, right, and pushed them hard. So, like, sometimes there's something about our engine has never idled, right? It's never cooled. We are going, and we're going right now. And if you give... A team that is legit a better team, but has kind of sat down and and been paused a bit. It's hard to get going again. So I think the NHL has kept an eye on that, just in the sense that we've watched in baseball. And now I don't know how much they value the CFL or whatever, but these teams are struggling. Well, I think you have to take everything into consideration. Yeah. Right. When Do you want to play in in the NHL? And uh, I don't. The, the same way the NBA has seven through ten or whatever it is.
0: I think I, the NHL with the wild card system they have now, you have brought in so many more franchises into that sort of late March, early April thing. Yeah. I don't think we need to go with. The third need,
1: point keeps everybody in it anyway. If well, any this
0: good. is it. And, and I don't want to see the situation where. Like I think was it Miami last year that was sort of in that sort of play in situation and went all the way to the final. Cause, yeah, yeah. Because they got hot, but for that same thing you're talking about, you have. I'm playing. You're sitting around. I'm better for 82 game, 82 regular season games. That's got to be worth something, yep. right? And the more teams you add into a one or a two game situation, it well, it it diminishes.
1: Well, so that was the big thing coming out of the baseball one, as you referenced. I like Baltimore maybe the best team in the AL all year long. Why don't you go sit down for a week while we sort the rest of this out? And then all of a sudden a buzzsaw comes ripping in there. Who's never been sat down. And all of a sudden the 162 games I played to get first place, you know, you took my foot off the gas. You're out of the rhythm. You're out of the, I don't know. It, no, yeah, I, as you said, bas- uh, football is totally different because it's once a week. And uh, But I think in general, when you take people out of their rhythm, it's not necessarily a great reward.
0: Right. And, and that's what I was trying to poorly illustrate right. was – was the every day in baseball means actually every day, whereas football is it's a week, it's a weekly cycle, right? Yeah. And if you make that a monthly cycle, it's not good, man.
1: Feeling a little different
0: about it's it. It's not good.
1: Uh, I guess we should probably touch on here there was a couple of reports filed over the weekend about the idea that Logan Thompson, who's one of the goaltenders for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, put in a request to the league about having a cancer ribbon you know, either painted or, you know. On his helmet. Temporarily added, yeah, to his goalie mask. And the NHL went, uh, no, you, sh- you shouldn't do that. And uh, we haven't seen yet, I guess, how that's going to play out. He, he didn't do it in the, he was going to back up in San Jose, so maybe it wasn't going to matter uh, in their last game. But it's hockey fights cancer month in the NHL, and yet... We keep coming back to these things where like Travis Dermot goes, yeah, fuck off. I'm going to wear the tape because I want to and I'll I'll pay the fine and I don't really care. We did the thing last year with the pride jerseys or the military night thing. All of this stuff was wiped out over the summer and you weren't supposed to be able to support any of it. And I just wonder with you, man, when I, I look at this and I look at how quick they folded on the pride tape thing, if he had just gone okay, I'm wearing that ribbon anyway, and force them, dare them to say, during our NHL Hockey Fights Cancer Month, we are going to fine you for painting the cancer ribbon on your mask. I, I There's something about this league that is just broken right now, man, in terms of their messaging, their promotion, what they're trying to protect, who they're trying to protect. I when you wiped out everything to to just not deal with the gay thing the rainbow flag yeah this was always pretty inevitable is there any doubt in your mind and maybe there is maybe there's but it's hockey fights cancer month if he just goes ahead and does it are they finding him no no <laughs> no
0: why can i put freddy Krueger or whatever on my mask marvin the martian and nobody cares right but if i put a if i put a cancer ribbon
1: it somehow is. We're all gonna worry about offending the pro cancer crowd. What, what's the problem?
0: I, yeah, and, and and it's 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 such. And again, I I, I get it's it's almost tiresome. Mm-hmm. Right, the whole idea of of trying to figure out what the NHL is doing in terms of um, these sorts of things or suspensions, whatever it is, it's like. Could you...
1: Who's got their hand on the wheel here?
0: Do you have somebody who is actually going, okay, the right thing to do is just go, yeah, Logan Thompson, go ahead and put that on there. The right thing to do. No, you go, thing that's the right... Then you go, yep. so I'm going to go in the opposite direction. Yeah. And you go, no, that's what we should do, so we're going to say
1: no. You, you and I know somebody who uh, was having t-shirts printed up at one point. And it was, you know, everybody's hearts were in the right place, but the, the, the slogan... Cops for cancer. You're like, it's a bold, it's a bold statement. You may want to word that just slightly differently. Right. We know what you mean, but you're not wording it all that well. Up, 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 up. (laughs) And so you look at this, why would you possibly like, I sort of, at least I understand what we're doing with the, the, the pride tape. Like I know why you wanted to put up the fight. On the jerseys, the military night here and the heritage night there. I understand where the controversy is going to come from. I still think it's horrible cowardice. Bullshit. Yeah. But at least I go, I see yep. where the threat is here. Yep. When someone goes, I would like to wear the cancer ribbon on my goalie mask during your own hockey fights cancer month. And you yeah. say No. Do that shit anyway. Just do it anyway and force them to fold again because these people have no idea what they're doing and they need to be called out.
0: But Matt, these are the same people who won't allow you to wear a pride jersey on your hockey is for everyone nights in the different arenas. (sighs) And you're like, so you've already said hockey is for everyone, but not for you. Not you. Not you. Not you and not you. And apparently
1: not you, poor cancer sufferer.
0: Or you military guy or woman. No. did you see the beginning of the? Just in a side note, did you see the beginning of the Edmonton Seattle game last night?
1: I saw the game. I didn't see the ceremony. Either,
0: they though. brought out a guy who was a veteran of of um, the, the the Battle of Okinawa. Oh wow! Guy was a hundred
1: years old. Oh, veteran. see the the Leafs did the same thing. They had, one guy was like a hundred and two, one was ninety seven, one was ninety eight. Like they had a bunch of different. The Leafs always do up.
0: That makes me almost shed a tear watching that. Yeah. That is the golden Not
1: only did you do it, you're still here kicking around.
0: And it's just, it was so incredible to see. And so you rob Mm -hmm. of all these moments when you cater to certain segments of the population. Yeah. And you say, you know what? We want to do this. It's a big umbrella. It's a big tent. We want everyone to be in here and we want to celebrate all moments.
1: It's just, it's. Well, what is your Hockey Fights Cancer Month if you're not allowing players to be a part of it or to show they're going along with it? Like, what the fuck's the point?
0: uh, You know what, Matt? It would be a way better episode if I had, if I had, (laughs) if I had something contrary or I could say, I could tell you something that it makes sense for this reason, but it doesn't. No. It doesn't. And, and you just continue to shoot yourself in the foot. You look like Elmer Fudd. (laughs) Like Elmer Fudd. Yes, the guy, who has their hand on the wheel? It's Elmer Fudd. Uh, well, Hundy Wabbits.
1: <laughs> yeah, big pro cancer crowd. that might, the might
0: cops, cops right for cancer, cops ask.
1: for cancer. I guess.
0: Yuck! Yeah. NHL for cancer. And that's what it sent. That's the message it sends.
1: We're not against any. Like we're not for anything. We're not against anything. Just come and give us so your money. Afraid we're afraid of any pushback on any front. We'd but, hate for you to take that dollar
0: that you may buy a ticket and maybe buy a daffodil instead.
1: Don't do it. Don't do don't it. Don't
0: do it, Matt. <laughs> Ease up on that. Ease up on that because you know Nashville will be rolling through here anytime soon. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Uh, last thing before we get out of here.
1: Fuck. Grinding. We're grinding. 1,200 of these. I don't know that there's ever been worse. Uh, oh. <laughs> episode one. There's episode been, two. There's been worse. Three. There's been worse, man. Uh, last thing before we get out of here, and, and look, there's not a ton to this because we're a week or so past it, but I, I always find it interesting. A lot of the NHL GMs tend to talk about American Thanksgiving as the, if you're not in the playoffs, you're not getting in. It's very rare it's hard to to climb back in after that so that's still a little ways off but Eliot Friedman has his own and he's done the research over the years that in the salary cap era anybody who is four points out or more on November 1st only I can't remember that like only like nine percent of the time do they climb back in and and get it done so this year's list of teams who were four points out or more were the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Edmonton Oilers, the Calgary Flames, and the Ottawa Senators. I'm curious, out of those four teams, who would you put the most faith in? And maybe this is an unfair question to ask now because we're a week or so in, and some have gotten worse, some have gotten better. You know, but out of those four teams, uh, who do you think is it's got the best chance to circle around? It's probably worth pointing out last year's club went 0 for four. There was four teams last year, none of them climbed back in.
0: Edmonton.
1: It has to be, right?
0: Yeah. I, I think Edmonton is probably
1: the And only... they just kept losing into November, and I'm still going, it's probably Edmonton. <laughs>
0: like... Yeah. Well, because they made a coaching change, Matt. Yeah. This Bring is... it on, Chucky Knobs. Yeah. Chucky Knobs. <laughs> um, this is, and, and I think this year, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, there are some runaway teams at the top. Some 10, 11,
1: 12 yeah. win teams. That no one would have even predicted like Vancouver, no one expected this start from Vancouver. Detroit or, at nine wins. Detroit was a great example, yeah.
0: And, and so how Vegas about and, Yeah. But how about New Jersey not in that in that upper echelon and allowing goals like like nobody's business, right? It it's just been a very And it's all still so mushy in the middle. For, so this is what I'm saying is is you look at in the Eastern Conference. Washington is in a, in a playoff spot, not a wild card spot. Yeah. And they are six points in front of Columbus in last, in the, in the Eastern Conference. Washington? Washington. Yeah. Yeah. There's only six points between them and Columbus. Yes. And that's, that's, that's six or seven. Yeah, they have a playoff spot right now. Right now. Yeah. To, to 16th. Yeah. That is the spread and everybody else is in between there. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the number of teams that have 6 wins, 7 wins, 8 wins. Yep. It's a, It's everybody. <laughs> it's everybody in the Eastern Conference yes. Sp- specifically. Yes. Um so if anybody should take heart, it's it's there are off years, anomalies. Yep. Um the Eastern Conference specifically is very mushy. Whereas in the West you have San Jose, you have Edmonton, you have Calgary, I don't know who else, but four wins or less. Yep. They're out in the West, it seems to be a bit more. Yeah, sort and of up at pulled. the
1: top, you have your Vegas and your. Yeah, like and, it's. And
0: it's funny because of all those four, it's the one with the least number of wins that I've actually yeah. put my finger on and said, yeah, those guys are the ones who are coming back beyond Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has seven wins, I think, now. Yep. Ottawa, six. Calgary, four. Edmonton, three. Right. And you look at, at the number of. And the problem is, and you've, you've rightly cited is, not necessarily the points, it's the teams.
1: Yeah. And there I have is. have to be better than five teams ahead of me to, or seven to get in or whatever or, it might or, be. Yeah. Or how
0: about in this case, nine or 10? <laughs> and and it, it certainly does become who is going to fade back in that group, right? Yeah. yeah. I look at the Montreal Canadiens and, and I, I'm sure I'm, they've done very well. Yep. But they have, they've been to overtime already six times. Yes three OT wins, shootouts three more times where they're one and
1: two. Like they're pulling down points. Well, I was looking at Toronto coming out of that, uh, Ottawa loss. And at the time, there was only three teams in the Eastern Conference who had fewer regulation wins. Like uh, like Toronto, they got a couple of shootout wins. They got a couple of three-on-three wins, but they weren't blowing anybody away. They weren't getting five-on-five, like regulation wins. Those, those row wins, right? Regulation. And overtime wins. And overtime wins. So, but, you're like that. This team should be better than that, but they're just lumped into that mushy middle right now. The and defense
0: says maybe not. Maybe the not. Ending
1: says maybe not. Too. Hey, William Lagesson getting it going. <laughs> yeah, uh, right up there on your. He's moving up the lineup too. Sure, the- <laughs> he's going to have to. But you, you just look at all of it, and you look at that Eastern Conference, like Carolina, who you're supposed to view, and I do, as an elite team, but. And they're not very good so far this year. No. They're not impressing anybody. And no. I, again, kind of like Edmonton, I assume they'll get it going, they'll figure it out, and they'll sort of start to pull away or at least. The,
0: the difference is their bad start
1: is in second or third in the middle. Right. Yeah, no, I, not bottom of the Pacific Division or whatever like Edmonton's. but Not bumping up against San Jose. Yeah. Like when Carolina figures it out, they're going to be taking off from yeah a playoff spot already whereas yeah. edmonton's gonna have to race past a bunch of guys and i'm with you i think they can but yeah when you look at pittsburgh i said here before the season there's a chance they could win this division there does not appear to be that chance like that's, that's that was not a good uh not a bold. It was a bold prediction it was bold it was, bold. You it was not bold, a good prediction
0: because the other bold take on the other side of the table was
1: they will miss the playoffs yes guy yeah and I don't know which one seems more or less likely right now. They're just one of those teams. In well, I know the-
0: which one seems less likely okay. right now.
1: <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: Doesn't mean mine's going to happen, yeah. but one is more likely than the other.
1: Calgary, still got any hope for no, them?
0: I, I've watched them. You watched them. Yeah. Man, they are... They're they're hoping for a four or five spot on a on a, on a sloppy leaf. Nikita
1: Zadorov now asking for a trade out of Calgary and it it to me his is... his agent saying, my guy's the best D on that team, don't trade for that guy. No. If you if 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 your agent but if is saying, Vancouver
0: and Toronto are reporting and to New Jersey front of that line yeah. saying,
1: I want me some of that. St- I have time for that guy on my team but not if his agent wants him played like a number one. Because first of all, you have no chance of resigning him if, if he wants number one D-money. That's well, not you, man. Well, and
0: I watched him with his interference penalty on Saturday night, and he's just skating around with no
1: stick, and he's like, that's... That <laughs> he is. skates well, but he takes a ton of penalties. I, well, he's a huge man. Yeah, 2.66, yeah. six, 2.50. And I like him. He's calling out the Russian regime over there. Like He's one of the only Russians in the yeah. league doing that. I, I like him, and I have time for him on my team. Well, but,
0: and the reason phew. I thought he was a left-shot guy is because I looked at him. And went, nah, we don't need another left shot guy on this, on the Ottawa
1: roster. No.
0: But if he was a right shot guy at 6'6", 250, if I could put him. (laughs) And Skate's like a motherfucker for that size. If I could move him sort of up and down, you know, in that second pairing, third pairing uh on, you know, let's do it. Yeah. But, you know, no, to me, Calgary does not impress me. Their goaltending has been absolute shite. Yeah. Shite! Wolf
1: might be their best guy, and they keep pushing him back down to the minors.
0: Well, and to me, the four he let in against Ottawa on Saturday, not a lot. Where you go, okay? That was terrible. Like there was, there was deflections, there was all kinds of things happening. I don't I don't blame him on 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 a lot of that. Right. But no, Calgary to me is not. They're not. uh, They're done. I'd start selling off. Deal Hannafin Deal Zadorov.
1: I'd take Tanev if I was Toronto. That's my guy.
0: Well, and, and he looks. As a UFA, awesome. he looks awesome. But then he got exploited by Matthew Joseph on the on the first goal.
1: Hey, Matthew Joseph's explo- exposing just about everybody. Man. But
0: I'm like, nope, can't have that guy <laughs> now. Man, forget it. I don't care that what he did for Quinn Hughes when they, you know he's yeah. before he moved over. But I agree, that's a guy who is who's a stabilizer. Yep. Right, Tanev, uh, Uyghur, If you can get Uyghur out, now it's a lot of term. Yeah. But that's a guy who can play and put in the right situation.
1: There's some pieces if you could start, but it's Cal- too long that contract. I, I don't want to do that. I, no, no. It's, I, it's Hannafin, It's uh it's Tanev and It's Zadorov. Those are their. Yep, and, and those are all Brad for living guys. If you're a Leaf fan, you, you you may see one or two, or maybe well, all three of them. Because and- you got
0: to know that their agent is going. Come on, hey, smiling Brad, Brad over hey, there, hey, Brad. Like you got. I know Boston Pizza still does a pierogi pizza. <laughs> like any chance we could do some of that action? Like, let's go. What are we doing here?
1: Uh, we'll wind this one up. It's going to be quiet for the Leafs and Sens this week. Nobody playing toward until like late in the week, and then it's going to be weird times. I know the Leafs are two p.m. and eight a.m. Uh, Sens, I assume, will have Ottawa's maybe the it opposite afternoon,
0: afternoon. Afternoon, yeah.
1: Eight a.m. and two p.m. or something like that. Maybe uh, we'll see how that all shakes loose. Uh, Rob's not going to be around next Monday, so we'll get him on the record right now because he's clearly super informed on it. Grey Cup prediction.
0: Uh, I am taking the, the Bombers yeah. by, if it's anything less than, than 10 points on the spread, I'm 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 taking Bombers by 12 or more.
1: There you go. Uh, we'll have Michaela Schreider and Vanessa Sanchez here next yes, Monday. Yes, we will. That'll be a lot of fun. TCA's got game. Uh, we can do that with. Yes, the, it does. Yeah. 1,200 of them. 1,200 at least. Many of them. Many of them better than this one. Many of them beer soaked. (laughs) Many of them beer soaked. Uh, Appreciate you guys sticking around for all of them, for as many of them as you've been here for. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed to the pod wherever you're hearing us right now. But I -hmm.
0: I would, Mm -hmm. anybody out there listening, chime in with your earliest episode that you can remember. Yeah. Episode
1: 777, episode 466, whatever it is. What's your earliest memory. Hey, you guys were talking about
0: yeah, Chernobyl, or the vodka. Made, made, yeah, made in Chernobyl. Made from potato or whoever it was <laughs> right. in the in the Chernobyl yeah. region.
1: Or or you were the one listening to the uh, the cock cam cockering cam whatever the guy
0: was. skydiving with a cockering. <laughs> right.
1: right, that anecdote. <laughs> Your earliest memory of this ridiculous podcast. If you
0: haven't been here since one, yeah. How far back can
1: you? We, we want to know.
0: OG, are you?
1: Yeah, we want to know when you checked in on the podcast. Let us know at social media. Uh, uh, like uh, our DMs are all open on uh, on social media. So so let us know there, and uh, we'll wrap this one up, man. Twelve hundred of them.
0: Twelve hundred, man.
1: Yep, not bad. And you were killing it in all of them, except this one. <laughs>
0: <That's> a- <laughs> Only says you, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody has an off night, right? Yeah, standards. It's true. Everybody also has standards. So you know what? Count on me next week to be this year's Matthew Joseph. Right well, now, I'm last year's Matthew Joseph. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and you know what? You'll have a couple of pros on this side of the table, not somebody not answering your <laughs> questions, not not I
1: don't listen. know, I think they come with topics too. Yeah, right? not They're... even listening to your question, <laughs>
0: yeah. talking about his own things. There's so. often
1: times I feel like I can put my feet up out on the couch out there while
0: yeah you're the gonna be, are doing you're Matt look for a bounce back with Hoffley here early in the week yeah
1: we'll see how all that shakes loose appreciate you guys checking this one out that is episode 1200 in the rear view my name is Matt Robinson his name's Rob Christie we'll wind this one down here thank you so much for listening and we will see you all next time
0: the hell is that number one bullshit
1: oh no, number one bullshit why are you so pissy